We begin with a beautiful story and then an unbelievable vart to drive the concept home even further. So in Eretz Yisrael, I remember when I was a, a bachar, a man there, there was a fellow by the name of Rabbi Yisrael Pesach, Feinlander, a mechaber, svarim, a tremendous, tremendous Talmud Chacham. Actually, he was an American kid who grew up in Chicago and was plucked outside of the, out of the you know, high school, university track, eventually went to Eretz Yisrael, learned in the Chavon Yeshiva and became a going betayra. Now, Rabbi Yisrael Pesach has a son who's well-known in Eretz Yisrael, and his name is Rabbi Yoyna Feinhandler. He's a mechanic, he's an educator, par excellence, and a very sought-out speaker. One time he shared with a crowd of people, a group of people that he was speaking to, an absolutely incredible personal story. The story took place when he was a bachar in yeshiva, he was a high school boy, probably not more than 17 or 18 years old, and he was studying in Yeshiva's Nachlas Halavim in Haifa. I had this chosah being in Nachas Halavim in Haifa just before Rosh Hashanah, beautiful Yeshiva. In those days, to get from Yerushalayim to Haifa was a sipur, it was a story of three, four hours at least. The road that's used now to get to Haifa wasn't yet built. You had to take a bus and then another bus and it took a long time. One day in the middle of the winter on a cold, dreary, pouring rain, day, you know, like only in Eretz Yisrael we know the cold gets all the way into your bones. Rizal Pesach Feinhander's son, Rabbi Yoyna, is in his room. It's, it's late at night. He's finished learning and there's a knock at the door. And he opens the door and there's a bacher there. And a bacher says, there's someone here in the lobby that wants to speak to you. He's trying to think to himself, who could come want to speak to me? And he walks downstairs to the lobby and he sees a fellow and the fellow has a plastic bag on his hat and it's dripping with water and he has a coat that's drenched through and through. He doesn't recognize the fellow. He gets a little closer and he realizes it's his father, Rabbi Yisrael Pesach. He had just traveled from Yerushalayim on a cold, dreary, rainy night. Four hours! So he quickly brings his father into his room. His father is dripping wet and he's cold and he gets his father a cup of hot water. That's all he was able to get him. His father drinks it. He says, Tati Abba, why are you here? Why did you come? He says, listen, I came to see you. You know, find out how you're doing, etc., etc. He says, you, you Four hours here. He goes, yeah. He says, actually, I came here to, to, to share something with you. And he reaches into the right pocket of his drenched coat. And he pulls out a little round package wrapped in something and then in newspaper. And he reaches into his left pocket. And he pulls out another little round package, also wrapped. And he gives it to his son. He goes, actually, I came to bring these to you. Son's wondering what it is. He unwraps them. And they were two sufganiyot, two jelly donuts. It was during Chaydesh Kislev. He says, what are you doing? He goes, I walked by a store and I saw a beautiful sufganiyot and I figured you would so appreciate sufganiyot. So I got on the bus, I traveled four hours, and here, these are for you and I'm going to go back. So he says to them, Tati, you know, you're here now. Do you want to come to the base medrash? Maybe some of the Rosh Hashivas or the Mashkicham are still here. You could talk to them and get a progress report, kind of like a mini parent-teacher conference. He goes, no, I know you're learning Gavadik. I just came here because I wanted to tell you that I was thinking about you. I care about you and I love you. He put on his raincoat. He put the plastic bag on his hat. He wandered into the night for a four-hour journey all the way back to Yerushalayim. You can imagine why Rabbi Yana became such a great mechanach. You can imagine why Rabbi Yana is such a tamachacham in Marvitz Taira. It's because of the message that his father gave him that he cared about him. It's because of the message that his father relayed to him with the mysterious nefesh of bringing two donuts from Yerushalayim all the way to Haifa just for his son. And I want to share with you unbelievable Vart that I saw from Rav Pam, and I think it's required listening to every parent. Rav Pam writes, he asked the following question. He wonders what it was that gave Yaakov Avinu the endurance, the inner fortitude and strength 
to be able to withstand the incredibly difficult and challenging life that he faced. He says, if you think about it for a moment, Yaakov gets the brachas from Yitzchak, so his life should be bliss. But from the moment he gets those brachas, his life becomes almost unbearable. Almost immediately after that, Eliphaz, Esav's son, comes to kill Yaakov. We know Chazal to teach us. He takes away every last penny that Yaakov has, so Yaakov should be considered like an ani, like a poor person. He should be considered like a dead person. Finally, he comes to Lavan, penniless. He sees Rachel. He knows this is his bazook. He knows he has to build Klai Yisrael with her. And Lavan pulls the rug out from underneath Yaakov and it's Leah. And he has to work seven years for Rachel. And finally he does that. And then Lavan makes his life miserable. Yaakov is the Amuda Emes, the pillar of truth. And Lavan is the most devious, scheming, conniving um, Ramai. He's a trickster. And he has to live with this fellow. And he constantly tries to to get Yaakov, and Yaakov is living a difficult situation, and finally Yaakov is able to pry himself out from that difficult situation and to leave, and then Lavan comes and wants to kill him, and somehow he survives, and then his daughter Dina is kidnapped by Shechem, and it's a terrible situation, and there's a war, and there's Shimon and Levi, and then finally it seems like things are calming down a little bit, and then he has an encounter with Esau, who wants to kill him again, and then maybe it like, seems like things are settling down, and Rachel dies in childbirth of Binyamin, and it's just so difficult, and he's raising a Yaslam, and then to top everything off, Yosef is sold to Mitzrayim. And everything is so difficult in Yaakov Avinu's life. And like it says, Yaakov he just wanted a little tranquility. Ask Rav Pam, what gave Yaakov the inner strength, the Koyachas HaNefesh, to continue to be successful? To become the Bechir Sheba Avais, the choice of the Avais, to become the father of the twelve Shvatim, to create the eternity of Klal Yisrael. As it says, Tmust Yuknoishal Yaakov Avinu, Yaakov's picture is embedded in the Kisei HaKavad and HaKadosh Baruch Hu's whole throne. How did he earn that? So listen to what Rav Pam says and listen well. Rav Pam says that when it came time for the brachas, Rivka put her life on the line so that Yaakov should get the brachas. We know Yaakov comes to his mother Rivka and Rivka says, I want you to take the garments of Esau and I want you to get the brachas. He goes, I, I can't do that. What happens if Tati catches me? And Rivka says, I know, it won't be good. He could divorce me. He could give a curse which could be have eternal consequences. But a lie, kilolas says Rivka to Yaakov. If, if anything happens, it's on me. I'm being meiser nefesh. I'm willing to put myself on the line. So you should get that bracha. Says Rav Pam that every time that life became so unbearable that Yaakov didn't know how he could go on, he thought about his mother Rivka and the mesiris nefesh that she had for his eternity, for his bracha, for his success. And he said, if this is what she was Meiser Nefesh, if this is what she gave her life up for, well, then I have to continue living a life that will make her proud. I have to continue that legacy. And we-